You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Surprise, surprise. Some of you are looking at the other and say, oh, if we'd only known. If we'd only known. So it's been a perfect vacation day. It's so good to be here. It's always an honor and a privilege anytime Pastor Tim asks me to bring the message. Uh, if you're new and you don't know who I am, my name is Bill Lecky. I'm privileged and honored to serve as one of the elders here at High Ridge Longview, and it is a great honor uh, to do that. And so glad that you chose today to join us, those of you here in the room, those of you who may be uh, watching us online, we welcome you as well. And uh, you know, right now, Pastor Tim and a team from here are in Rockland, California, at High Ridge Rockland. They took a team and they are serving in children's worship. Pastor Tim is bringing the message. Pastor Tina is doing growth track for them, giving their leaders a break today. And the reason we're able to do stuff like that is because you're such a generous people. We really appreciate and the honor that it is to be able to to partner and to help and encourage other churches And uh, so they're serving our High Ridge family in Rockland, California. And it's important, if you ever look at a map, you'll find that Rockland's right near Folsom, which is where the prison is. (laughs) You gotta be a certain age to appreciate that humor, I'm sorry. But my grandparents lived in Folsom. Not not the prison, they lived in in the town. There's a, gosh, you people. (laughs) But it is a joy to be with you today. I'm so glad you've tuned in online. Uh, If you get a minute, tell Ashley where you're watching us from. She'll appreciate that. Just let us know. It's so encouraging to know that there are people watching all over the place. Well, today I want to bring a message. I want to talk about something that I believe is one of the greatest threats that we face when we agree to this journey with the Lord. When we say yes as a believer and we say your plan and purpose, that's what I want. I want to embrace that. I want to follow Jesus. One of the greatest threats that we face may not be what immediately comes to your mind. What immediately comes to your mind might be you're going to make a mistake. You're going to mess up. You're going to do something wrong. You're going to make a bad choice. You're going to have an attitude problem. Trust me, you will have those. And, and here's, here's the reality. All of those things are kind of a given because you're human. Right? So you're going to make mistakes. In fact, those are all part of the process more times than not of how we learn and how we grow and how we increase in our understanding and our maturity level as, as people who follow Jesus. The good news here is not that you aren't going to make a mistake. You will. But when you do, there's a fix. (laughs) When you do, you can find forgiveness when you mess up and you do something that you knew better than to do, but you did it anyway because that's what humans do often. So here's the reality. That's not really the greatest threat. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. The greatest threat is that we will become discouraged or disappointed or disillusioned to the point that we will simply lose heart, give up, and settle for where we are. And if we don't settle for where we are, we may even actually drift and walk away. I've not known a time in our culture where more prominent Christian leaders have just said, I'm done, and walked away. 
whether they be musicians or pastors. It's really interesting. If something has occurred and they become so disillusioned or disappointed or discouraged, they've completely lost heart. And some of them not only just said, I'm not going to do that anymore. They said, I'm done altogether. That's a sad thing. That's the greatest threat. Not that you're going to mess up, because you will. Turn to somebody next to you and say, he just told you. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, you're going to mess up. We do that. That's what we do. We're humans. But we have grace and a relationship with God, and there's forgiveness. We can come to him and confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. We have that taken care of when we walk with Jesus. But we can get disillusioned. Usually when we reach the point, now, now by the way, I titled the message, Don't Lose Heart. I did not title the message, Don't Quit. And I, I did that for a reason, because some things we need to quit. Some things run their course, sometimes seasons change, some things that were relevant or really meaningful or powerful to us at one season of life, that moves on. Sometimes we need to quit. There are things that didn't that worked back in the 1970s that probably don't fly right now. They're not gonna peg the old relevant meter with a new generation of people. You follow me? So things I, that's why I didn't name the message don't quit. It's don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. It's important for us to look to the scripture today, and I want to encourage you. By the way, discouragement's going to happen. You're going to get discouraged. People are going to disappoint you. We don't always get what we want. Do you? You're looking at me like, I don't know, maybe I do. No, you don't. We don't always get what we want. Promise of God, though, is we'll have everything we need. He's providing for us everything that we need. So the reality here comes to scripture. Psalm 27, verse 13 through 14. The psalmist is, have you ever read the Psalms and thought this guy might be schizophrenic? Like in the first part, he's like, yay God. The next part is like, where'd you go? And the next part, it, it, you, you know what's cool about that? Is that the psalmist demonstrates that transparency before God. That we can be honest about what's going on in our life and it doesn't upset him. He doesn't get bent out of shape with us because we're expressing. He wants us to pour our hearts out to him. But if you'll notice when you read the Psalms, the resolution is always coming back to us, reminding himself who God really is. And he ends it with praise. Something's changed because he got it all out. There's a good lesson in that for us right there. Psalm 27 verse 13 says this, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your word. Thank you, God, that we can find encouragement and strength and understanding about who you are and what you're doing in this world. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, who is our guide, our teacher, our instructor in truth, and we just thank you that today we're going to hear something from your word that will encourage us and help us to not lose heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I, put, I wrote this, this note here. It's going to come up on the screen. There are times when following the Lord's plan and purposes for our lives that can be challenging and downright hard. The good news is we don't have to do it alone or in our own strength. Sometimes it's hard. There's a, there can be a brand of the gospel being thrown around out there that says, hey, all you have to do is pray this prayer and all your problems will go away. 
That's snake oil. Don't buy that. Life is life, and sometimes life is challenging, and we live in a world that's still impacted by sin. We've been redeemed. We've, we've come out from under the curse of the law and the, the curse of death from the uh, cause of sin, but we still live in a world that is under that. So stuff happens, right? Anybody? It, I, stuff happened to some of you on your way here. Somebody, you, somebody disappointed you between the time you got up this morning and the time you walked in the door. Some of you are sitting on your couch or at your dining room table right now going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. It happens. This is called life. I want to share with you, though, four mindsets that I believe hinder our ability to persevere and see it through to the end. Because there are things that we need to quit. There are things that seasons in. But the purpose of God and the call of God for our lives is not among those. Until we draw our last breath, his purpose remains for us. There is something of meaning for us. And that calling carries all the way to the grave until we're in his presence. So we're supposed to be able to persevere. He's made sure that we have what we need to do so. But here are four mindsets that hinder our ability to do it. Number one, this isn't easy, so it must not be for me. <laughs> Come on, have you ever thought that? You ever had something like, I thought this would be easier. Somebody sold me something. I, what in the world? That's a mindset that's going to get in the way. It's going to cause you to struggle. It's going to set you up for discouragement and despair, and you are likely to lose heart. Here's a second mindset. If this were meant to be, it would be more fun. Like, where are my married people at? <laughs> it's great. Ain't always fun. It's great. It's wonderful, but it challenges us. I will tell you right now, there's nothing that will tell you you're selfish quicker or faster than after you say, I do, and walk into a relationship. You find out, I'm pretty, pretty stinking selfish. <laughs> That's, it, it's a great revealer. It happens to all of us. That mindset, if it were meant to be, it'd be more fun. Well, let me tell you something. There are things in life that aren't fun, but they're necessary. There are things, you know... If you're, if, you're, if you're looking for fun time, fun, fun is fickle. Fun is circumstantial and it moves quick. How many of you have ever been in a gathering, everybody's having fun until that one person, and we all know who they are, is going to say the wrong thing and everybody's going to get mad and we now want to go home. <laughs> Wait a minute, where'd fun go? Right? Fun is fleeting. Fun can be fickle. It's, it. I'm not saying we shouldn't have fun. Trust me, I have learned how to have a lot of fun regardless of what was going on. Just who I am, ask anybody who knows me. But the reality is when we have a mindset that says, if it's not fun, must not be meant to be. Some things are hard. But I will tell you this, just because something's difficult doesn't make it bad. Some things are hard. In my experience, the path of least resistance rarely leads to any place that's meaningful. We need to be challenged. That's how we grow. It's how we learn. It's how we get better. It's when we face challenges and we push through. The good news as believers is that we're not alone. We're not alone. Here is the third one, third mindset. 
I shouldn't be experiencing this kind of opposition. Oh, really? Think about it for a moment. You know you've had these fleeting thoughts. Why? Why? Why is everything coming against my attempts to follow Jesus? It must not be right. I must, I must be doing it wrong. No, you're probably doing it right if you're getting opposition. The enemy always opposes God's plan for our lives. He's always going to put obstacles in the way. He's always going to try to make it as challenging and difficult as he can. The good news is, is that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And when we resist the enemy, he has to flee. That's the promise that we have of Scripture. Don't live life thinking that there's not going to be any opposition to you wanting to do the right thing. There will be. And that mindset sets you up for disappointment and discouragement and possible losing heart and giving up. The fourth one, this is my favorite, my personal favorite. I deserve an easier path. <laughs> Aren't you special? <laughs> well, I do. I deserve it. No, I, you don't want me to tell you what we deserve. When you read the word, what do we deserve? It ain't good. It ain't good what we deserve. What we're getting is grace. What we're getting is way better than we deserve. Deserving an easier path would not be the path that a loving father would give us. Because he wants us to grow, learn our dependence on him. Now, I'm going I'm to interject something here, not my notes. One of the things we can learn as a people, as, as people of faith, is that it's important that we have a dependence upon the Lord, right? Let's depend upon the Lord for provision. Let's depend upon the Lord for protection. Let's depend upon the Lord for all these things. The problem is, is that we can get into a paralyzed spot depending on the Lord instead of cooperating with what the Lord has already asked us to do. Yeah, that's going to take a minute. That's going to hit hard. We have to balance the understanding of our dependence upon God with the willingness to cooperate with him when he speaks. I have a part, God has a part. I can't do God's part, but because God loves me, he's not gonna do my part either. He's not gonna do my part. I, he wants partnership. He wants us to come together. We're depending on him, not ourselves or our own strength, but he's asking us, come, come take another step. Come take another step. Cooperate. Cooperate. One time, sometimes people ask me, Bill, I, I don't seem to be able to hear the Lord anymore. I used to hear the Lord. I said, what'd you do with what you heard? What'd you do with what you heard? Go back to that. That's the last thing you heard. Go back to that. Did you obey? Did you follow that? Did you take that step? It's getting real quiet in here. <laughs> Sorry. Let me go ahead and let's skip to the end. No, let's go ahead. <laughs> Here, let me give you three keys to not losing heart based on the scripture that we read. Number one, what you believe matters. What you believe matters. The psalmist said, if I hadn't believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that's an important part of that verse. Because depending on how you were raised, whatever your background might be, you might have been thinking that the gospel is the gospel of the sweet by and by. One of these days, we're going to understand, one of these days, it's all going to get better. We'll see God's goodness on the other side of the grave. That is not biblically true. It's not true. Yes, we have a wonderful uh, place reserved for us because of our faith in Jesus. But I mean, 
Salvation is not a room reservation. You understand that, right? Well, life is tough. It's bad. I hate it. It's terrible. But I reserve my spot when this life finally ends. That is not, that is not what Jesus came to die for. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10.10. 10. It's important. What you believe matters. When things don't go the way we want or the way we would like, we begin to experience discouragement and we begin to struggle. If we believe that life should be easier or that we're owed something or that we're entitled to a better experience, we're, we're going to have a hard time. We're going to have a hard time. However, I wrote it this way. Believing in the goodness of God and his timing is key to sticking it out when things get tough. There's a choice. And sometimes when we hit these little bumps in the road, these challenges that we face, they're really good at showing us what we say we believe versus what we actually believe. I'll, I'll let that sink for a second. There are things we say we believe. I heard a man one time uh, say this. He said, uh, what we really believe we do. Everything else is just religious talk. Now, I don't like him, and I don't like what he said. Just don't like it at all. But it has never left me. It's helped me inspect. I say I believe this, but do I really? I don't know. My behavior will help me understand my belief. When I believe that God is good, by the way, the enemy has the root of every lie he tells is that God is not good. It started in the garden, and it continues to this day. Lots of spins on it, lots of twists that he puts on it, but ultimately, if he can get us to doubt the character and goodness of God, whether that he's gonna be with us and that he's trustworthy, if the more he can do that, the more he can undermine our ability, cause us to lose heart and fall by the wayside. He doesn't want anyone in this room or anyone watching online, he does not want you to know the plan and purpose of God for your life, and he certainly doesn't want you to say yes to the next steps. When we were preparing to move back to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex back in 2013, we'd been spending, I'd been pastoring up in Northwest Arkansas, and um, <clears throat> we were there for five years, and we felt the Lord had given us direction, it was time to move back. We moved back uh, to Dallas-Fort Worth, but we had sold our home, it sold rather quickly, and so we needed to find a place to live. You know how this goes. Gotta find a place to live. So here we go to DFW. Now we're going to a part of the Metroplex. We've lived in the Metroplex before, but not the section we were looking in. We were going to find a house. We got a late start. It was a six-hour drive to get there. It's dark. We're out on the northwest corner. We're looking for an exit, and we miss it. A lot of construction. You know, that never happens in Dallas-Fort Worth, but that day it did. Lots of construction. We missed it, and we looked up, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. In fact, we're, we're right at Texas Motor Speedway. And in that moment, now by the way, I have permission to share what I'm about to share. This, you'll understand that in a minute. We, we look up and my wife had a moment like many of us, a panic moment. We're in the middle of nowhere. We don't know where we are. It's dark. There are dangerous people everywhere. You know, she just has this, this thought and she's having a panic moment. And I, I, I looked at her and I said, babe, you're with me. I'm right here. You're not alone. I've had the training. I have the equipment. We're good. 
We're fine. What we're going to do now is we're going to turn around and just backtrack until we find our exit. <laughs> right? This happens to us sometimes. We, we hit experiences of life and we have these panic moments. It's kind of like the disciples in the, in the boat caught in a storm and Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat and they're freaking out, losing their mind because they forgot the Son of God is in the boat. We all do it, don't we? We all do it. Here's number two. Trust is a choice, not a feeling. It's important. When the psalmist said, I'm going to have courage, I'm going to wait on the Lord, that is a statement of trust. Trust is a choice, not a feeling. It's a decision. We don't often, sometimes our feelings, here's the thing about feelings. It's important to never ignore them. It's important to acknowledge them. They're usually pointing to something that's, out of, that's a problem that we need to address. But I have found in my experience that emotions can get distorted when I'm under duress. How many of you have made tremendously wise decisions when you were highly emotional? May I see your hand? Oh, good for you. It's rare. It's hard to make good decisions when your emotions are out of whack and you're not feeling it. Hard to do. We say this around here a lot. Choices lead, feelings follow. Why? Because when things are tough, our emotions can distort our perspective. They can throw off and make things go a little bit awry. Waiting on the Lord is, we get this in our mind, oh, we gotta be patient, and we don't like that word. But let me just help you a little bit. Patience and waiting is not passive. It's not doing nothing. Here's what it is. It's patience choosing to wait on God's timing and his guidance. Waiting on God is not passive. It's actively listening, watching for him, in our situation and being ready to say yes. That's waiting on the Lord. Deb, recently, in the last uh, year and a half, two years, I've had two situations with her employment status. One, um, they, the company decided this department shall no longer exist. <laughs> a sweeping motion. We're doing away with that. Therefore, your position no longer exists. Uh, in those moments... We had to make some decisions. It didn't feel good. There was a lot of, oh, this is not great. It happened in that time of year that's not stressful or financially stressful at all, you know, December. Uh, and, you know, it's one of, <laughs> so we had to make a choice. It, had, it came down, it couldn't be about how we felt. It had to be a choice. We've made a choice that we're going to trust God's leading and his guidance. That we're, that's how we make decisions. Because not long after that, an opportunity Barely a year had gone by, an opportunity comes up for her to take a promotion, probably higher pay, uh, all sorts of things, higher visibility within the company. Uh, and then we went and prayed about it. I said, Bill, are you kidding me? Come on now. More pay, higher visibility. Yeah, but you know, we've made a commitment that we don't make decisions based on our business acumen. We want to be led by the Lord. Because you can step out of a situation that's pretty good into a situation you think's really good and find out it's not good at all. True story. Here's the reality. We ask the Lord. We trust. We choose. It's not based on how we feel. It's a decision based on who he is and his trustworthiness. Number three, encourage yourself with the knowledge that he will strengthen your heart. 
Courage is always a component of any walk with God. There's always gonna be those moments where you have to muster up courage to say yes, and then the courage to take the step. It's just part of it. You, re you realize that we overcome discouragement by finding encouragement from the word, from God's presence, from those we trust around us that we know believe in us and want God's best for us. The way we practice that, one of the easiest ways to get involved in what I just said is groups. Develop those relationships. People pray with you, pray for you. I wrote it down this way. The courage to persevere is found in my reliance on his promise to give strength to my heart when I have exhausted my own. That's what the psalmist said. Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Notice that my portion. It means it's been allotted to me. It has been set aside for me. God stepping in and strengthening our heart when our heart on its own strength can't keep going is our portion. Do you, you see that? That is a big deal. That is a big deal. Let me give you quickly three things to remember, just three things to remember as we bring this plane in for a landing on don't lose heart. Number one, there is help available to us and we all need it. We all need it. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4.1, therefore, since we have this ministry, since we're in the calling and purposes of God, since we're on this journey with God, doing what he's asked us to do, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Now, it's important to understand receiving mercy is not a one and done. Receiving mercy is a continual daily thing. In fact, we know that the writer of Lamentations in chapter three says that his mercies are new every morning and his compassions never fail. You don't bankrupt God's mercy bank. Not happening. New every morning. We get to take advantage of that. By how? How do we do it? How do we receive mercy? It's by pulling close to the presence of God. How do we do that? Sometimes we, life's loud, we gotta get quiet. We need to increase our awareness that he's with us. And when we know that he's with us, we linger and we listen and we receive mercy for whatever we're going through. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. This is our promise. This is how we don't lose heart. We receive mercy. We receive mercy. We ask him. We draw near. We lean in. He draws near to us. We experience his presence. That's where mercy flows. Strength to our heart. It's where he strengthens our heart. Here's a second one. I don't have to understand everything to take the next step. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 10 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now listen to this. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Paul says, we're struggling. <laughs> it's hard. But we, we haven't lost heart. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I tell you right now that just because you're struggling right now does not mean that this is over. It doesn't mean that you can't take the next step and say yes. 
You don't have to understand it all. It doesn't have to all make perfect sense. You say, well, Bill, I'm perplexed. Okay. The apostle Paul was perplexed too. Welcome to the club. None of us have it all figured out. It's not happening. But it is important that we stay in that posture of being ready to say yes and to keep moving in the journey. Here's the third one. His plan and purpose for my life is worth the effort. It's worth the effort. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That is a significant statement. Our inner man, our spirit, needs renewing. Not once a week on Sunday. Day by day. For our light affliction, now that's funny. What did I just read he was going through? What does Paul call it? Now this light affliction, that's some perspective change right there, isn't it? Which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here's the real deal. You've been given, I've been given the opportunity to partner with the eternal God. And as we walk each step that he leads us through, every decision that we make, every cooperation that we have with him has eternal impact and influence, not just what we can see. Not just what's obvious to us in this moment. I think it's significant. What we see is that what we believe matters. Trust is a choice, not a feeling. And you can encourage yourself with the promise that God will strengthen your heart. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have provided what's necessary for us not to lose heart. I pray for every person in this room today and watching online who may be in a moment, they're struggling, they're disillusioned or discouraged, that their heart would receive encouragement today from you. We draw close right now. We lean in. And we ask you, Lord, for strength to our hearts so that our hearts don't fail. We want to see this through to the end. We want to do all that you had in store for us. We want all the influence and impact that you had in mind when you formed and fashioned us. When we said yes to our relationship with you. Father, whatever people are struggling with in this room or watching online, I ask God that you would meet them right there in that moment. That they would be able to freely and openly express what their challenges are and what they're feeling But Lord, let them open up their hearts and receive strength today from you. You might be listening here in this room today or online and you say, Bill, I don't have that kind of relationship. I don't don't know this kind of relationship. I know church, I know religion, or maybe you don't know anything about either of those either. But if you would like to know, you can. So I want to invite you right now, if that's you and you say, Bill, I don't know that, relationship with God, but I I want to, then all you need to do, if you would, just simply choose to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It's not a formula. It's not magic or anything like that. But if you will pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart, it'll be life-changing for you. 
Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you are who you said you were. That you came to this world, you lived a sinless life. You died on the cross for the world's sins and mine. Then you rose again, showing victory over death so that I could have life and that life could be eternal. I invite you into my heart, into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for hearing this prayer and for saving me. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me, just heads bowed, eyes still closed. If you prayed that prayer with me, we, would you be willing to just lift your hand all around this room? If you prayed that prayer with me just now, just say, that was me, Bill. That, I did that. I prayed with you. I prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer with me, if you're watching online, there's a number coming up on the screen behind me. If you would just simply text the words, I prayed, all one word, I prayed, to 844-HRC-TEXT. We would like to send you some resources that will help you know what your next steps are, help you understand what just happened when you prayed that prayer and what to do next. So proud of you. Thank you so much. Guys, it's great to see you here today. High Ridge family, would you just stand? We're going to ask our elders and their wives to come down to the front, be available to you for prayer. Uh, you might have to make a little bit of an effort going this way, depending on where you're sitting, but we're here to pray for you. We want to pray for you. It might be related to today's message. It may be completely unrelated, but we always want to make prayer available, okay? Man, it's good to see you. You guys did a pretty good job listening today. Yeah, turn that person next to you and say, you did a good job. You did a good job. I barely heard you snoring. Barely. Just, just a little. Man, it's great to see you. I want to speak a blessing over you and dismiss you. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy in our lives. Thank you that you give strength to our hearts. Thank you, God, that you call us to partner with you and walk with you, that you are with us always and that we're never alone. Father, I pray that every household, every individual in this room and watching online today I speak a blessing. Lord, let that blessing be on us so that we can be a blessing right. as we go out. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great afternoon. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.